Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Tim Williamson, the managing director for APAC for Telem Media. And Telem is Asia's media intelligence platform providing the latest moves and news in the Asia Pacific media industry. Tim, good morning and welcome to Weekend Mornings. Good morning, Glenn. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you on. And, you know, you there are so many issues uh, covering uh, Asia right now and, uh, and indeed the, the global media scene. Um, what are you seeing as some of the, the biggest challenges right now for media operators uh, as we are faced with the circuit breaker and COVID-19? Look, I think what's happened with COVID-19 is really that some long-term headwinds for the media industry, some big long-term trends, digital, social media, the fact that we consume so much information through our mobile phones has really been thrown into fast-forward because, um, as you mentioned, not only is advertising revenue across a lot of different segments effectively dried up, um, but also other revenue-generating activities which media companies have um, have traditionally um, used and evolved um, in order to um, uh, evolve their business models to adapt to the digital environment. Things like events also can't happen. So we have these kind of uh, long-term pressures that have really now been um, become quite accelerated. And um, we've got a lot of media outlets, not only here in Southeast Asia, but right way down through to New Zealand and Australia and, and, and up through to, to North Asia, um, that are really having to look at their costs very, very quickly. Uh, things like stopping printing newspapers, for example. Um, and uh, they've really been accelerating a lot of what may have been their long-term plans, and they're actually having to do them right now. Isn't it uh, slightly ironic that, you know, the increase in digital participation, if I can put it that way, people have gone online in a big way. But, you know, traditionally, media companies over the past 10 years have had this challenge in trying to figure out how to monetize, right, how to actually make money off of eyeballs on digital media properties. Do you see that any of them are actually trying to figure it out? Or are we still in flux in a kind of netherworld of trying to go from the old way of thinking of things into the new way? I think the, the, the very old traditional rivers of gold um, advertising, when the traditional media really owns consumer attention, um, that has gone away. And you're absolutely right. People are trying to figure out and have been trying to figure out where are the new rivers of gold? How are we going to um, cover our costs? How are we going to make money? Um, what we see is actually that the number of journalists and the number of media outlets um, uh, hasn't really changed. But what we're seeing is we see different models. Um, so, for example, um, just take one um, model very similar to radio is podcasting, right? Mm-hmm. So we see radio adapt and, um, you know, you see um, channels like Money FM having apps because they know consumer attention now is carried around in their pocket with a mobile phone. But we also see um, lots of um, very niche podcasts and uh, their cost base is very low. The barriers to entry now are very, very low. Um, so we see lots of kind of new kinds of digital media coming online where a digital, where digital uh, has become an enabler. Um, it's just much easier to start a media outlet. 
The problem with that, of course, is that um, uh, that that isn't employing the large numbers of people. And um, we have to look as well at the role that the media plays as um, uh, uh, the journalistic rigor, ensuring that people, that journalists have the time to get to know the subject matter they're writing about, that they're experts, that they're able to interpret what's going on and, um, and relay that back to their audiences. I'm talking with Tim Williamson, the MD at APAC for Telem Media, the uh, Asia-Pacific media industry intelligence platform. And Tim, you, you said quite a few things in, the, in your last uh, statement there that uh, I'd like to talk about. One is podcasting because, yes, there have been, of course, many podcasts have come on, uh, but it is, it's an industry that people don't really make money in until you've gotten to the point where, let's say, you're getting 20,000 downloads per episode and you can actually go out and look for sponsors who are willing to give you maybe four, five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 a month uh, in some of the best cases uh, to produce that podcast. Most podcasts are nowhere near that. They're more like in the dozens or hundreds. So, yeah. you know, while there is that ability for people to start new media platforms, the, the reality is it's really hard for anybody to make any money off them, is it not? And they're quite nascent as well. I mean, to, to add to that point, um, you've seen podcasting absolutely explode in markets like the U.S. and Australia. It's very, very popular. Mm. In Southeast Asia, it's just getting traction right now. And you, you will see across, and we see across media outlets, you see certain media outlets that people are turning to and brands that people turn to as trusted sources. And some of those are global media outlets. I mean, the New York Times, for example, podcasting aside for a moment, the New York Times has just reported 600,000 new subscribers to the New York Times because people are looking for information from trusted sources. So you see people going to recognize brands. But when you get to something like podcasting, um, what you actually see in podcasting in, in some markets like the UK is, is journalists who are well-known become brands in themselves. And part of that brand is to, is to own their own distribution channel, to have their own um, podcast. And, and then for you know, traditional uh, broadcast media outlets, um, podcasting means that you can talk to somebody when they're, you were talking earlier about exercise, when you're going out for your morning run, you can mm. still listen to what's going on. You can play back the favorite interview that you wanted to listen to. So um, it's really about kind of coming to terms with consumer behavior and understanding, you know, how, how are you going to get that consumer attention? What is the information that they want to receive? And in that regard, um, in many ways, the power is in the hands of the consumer now. They they dictate what kind of information that they want to hear. But um, but COVID, I mean, we, we've been talking about the impact on the Southeast uh, Asian media industry and, and it really across APAC. And we talked about ABS, CBN. We talked about um, Blue. Um, we've also seen in Thailand, we've seen um, uh, newspapers like The Nation go digital. These, these trends have been um, uh, uh, impacted by COVID, certainly. We're also seeing massive increased consumption of news and information. People are turning to the traditional media and to brands that they know because they want to know what's going on. And they're worried about fake news and they're worried about um, and they're trying to make and, and understand, um, you know, what's going to be happening next. So in many ways, it's, um, it's kind of like the media industry's done, you know, kind of 12 rounds with Mike Tyson over the last few years. And, and COVID's come along as, as a knockout punch. But, but actually, um, it's also throwing a lot of new opportunities. And, um, and what we're seeing now is that, um, uh, ironically, 
attention is firmly and the spotlight is firmly on traditional news, news media outlets. So um, we'll see how that kind of plays out. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, it's still about finding the right revenue model, isn't it? It's yeah. still about how you how you make money out of those, that attention. So. We'll, um, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I'm talking with Tim Williamson, the MD for APAC for Telem Media. And Tim, you know, does this mean that people are actually more willing to pay for the media that they're consuming? You know, many, uh, many news sources online have taken down their paywall, especially for COVID-19 coverage uh, as a public service, uh, you know, moment uh, for them. Uh, but do you think is there going to be a point here in the next couple of months or six months that many of these media organizations will say, okay, that's enough. We got to, we got to start making some money off this stuff. Will they start to put the paywalls back up or will, will people be okay with paying for content again? It's a really interesting question, isn't it? I mean, you, you and I, as, as, as journalists, we would, you know, you live to the big stories, right? And this is a big story. And there is a public service element of um, informing people. And also, you want to get people used to coming to you for information um, and um, coming to you as a trusted source. So it kind of makes sense from two segments. I mean, one is to do the right thing and to, um, to get the information out there. And the second is, is really from a marketing perspective, it also makes sense to, uh, to bring down your paywall. But um, over the last couple of weeks, we've spoken to um, very senior editors from the Wall Street Journal. We've spoken to senior editors from um, the Nikkei Asian Review. They're all saying the eyeballs um, the number of people looking to them for content have gone up considerably, in some cases 200%. Mm. Subscription numbers are going up. But uh, this is all happening at the same time as advertising revenue in many places or event revenue has gone down. And uh, I mean, that affects the big publications, but it also affects the kind of, you know, the business publications. Like we've, we've seen some of the Hong Kong finance publications really cut back recently because they just haven't got the revenue to, to pay for um, to pay for their costs yeah. so so you know it is it is certainly touch and go but um, having said that there are there is um, there is plenty of interest and there are plenty of eyeballs so it's really down to those old business adages of your kind of cost structure and how you engage and then you know kind of how you monetize that so the kind of business of media is uh, evolving rapidly but you know, we, we, we see the same, we see, we see a lot of um, new business models emerging, digital models emerging, and new media outlets. I mean, you look at an outlet like Coconuts all over, mm. all over Southeast Asia. It's going very well for them. Yeah. One of the elements that telemedia is, is deeply involved in is tracking movement of people in jobs. So journalists and uh, PR and communications people. What kind of trends are you seeing in the past two, three months there with uh, the movement of of you know people in jobs that's a really good question because we've seen the headline numbers of journalists losing their jobs when um, a publisher like blue ink closes down or bauer um, over in new zealand we we actually we do run jobs newsletters and we're seeing quite a large number of jobs being advertised but not all of those jobs are the same kind of traditional journalist jobs that you might have got 10 or 20 years ago. And, you know, in many ways, nor should they be because the, the media landscape has um, been transformed. So a lot of these are multimedia jobs or they're, they're digital content. Um, they may be making content for, you know, platforms like TikTok or Instagram, mm -hmm. as well as making news content. So the style 
or the skills required to, to reach the audience and to tell journalistic stories might be slightly different. But, but in fact, we, you know, we do have um, a number of jobs in our jobs newsletters um, for all of the different regions that Talon covers. Um, there definitely is demand out there um, for, for talent. Um, and if anything, there is, you know, in many, in some sectors, there is a shortage still of talent. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. We're, we're hoping that we can do more to help some of these people who may be losing their jobs at the moment in areas such as magazine publishing, very traditional areas where they, you know, may have seen a lot of consumer attention migrate to platforms like Instagram and where, to be honest, um, there isn't a lot of advertising right now because nobody can go out and buy anything. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. it's really tough out there. Thanks to Tim Williamson, the Managing Director for APAC for Tellum Media. Really appreciate your time and your insight uh, this morning on Weekend Mornings, Tim. Thanks, man. Good to talk to you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.